Before we hop into today's episode of the Call Room Rising Stars Edition, just a quick note that today's episode is presented by Hoka. If you guys are looking to up your game in the final few races of your season, Hoka's Crescendo XC delivers on being unbeatable in reliability and affordability. The Crescendo XC gives you that inclusive edge on the race course. It's super responsive, loaded with cushioning, while maintaining a lightweight package. The best part is it goes for only $80. Yes, you heard me right, $80, $80, which is nearly half the price of other competitors on the market. Don't settle for less when you can have it all. Grab your pair of the Crescendo XC spikes today and take your races to the next level. You guys can find them at hoka.com or I've also left a link in the show notes where I highly recommend at least clicking on the product, going on Hoka's website and seeing if it's right for you. With all the features of the Crescendo XC for the price of $80, I personally think it's unbeatable and highly recommend checking it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Call Room Rising Stars. Today, I am joined by the one and only Cameron Todd out of the great state of Indiana. Cam actually won a state title there in cross country just last week. Um, we go into that race and so much more in today's conversation. And quite frankly, today's episode was probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded in the history of the podcast. Cam completely passes the vibe check, as you'll hear, and uh, just has this incredibly fun, contagious boisterous energy that makes for an incredibly fun conversation and this one we go through his career some of the high points he's run 409 in the mile he placed sixth last year at the footlocker cross-country national championships which makes him the top returner this year we talk about indiana legends like cole matisson how they've impacted him and uh racing in an nba jersey potentially at the regional meet this year like so many different fun and serious subjects that make this one uh incredibly fun uh if you have a run upcoming where you're solo i would highly recommend putting this one on as it's going to make those miles fly by it was just such a fantastic fun conversation while also being inspirational and impactful at times uh, so kind of the perfect mix between the two before we hop into it just one quick note consider giving us a five-star review and a follow on spotify or apple podcasts and then share today's episode with a friend or someone who you think would find value and benefit from it with all of those notes aside let's get into today's legendary conversation with the man the myth the legend cam todd Cameron Todd, welcome to the Call Room Rising Stars Edition. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, mighty fine. Uh, great day of school. Great Monday. Just happy to be here. So we're recording this on October 30th. It'll probably come like a week, two weeks after. Uh, but I do have to ask you, tomorrow is Halloween. In the history of uh, Cam Todd, what are like? what's the number one, number two pick for like best Halloween costumes you've ever pulled off? Oh, I've got a by far number one. So this was an expensive year uh, when, as, when I was younger, and we bought a Hulk costume. So I was just ripped, shredded, and green. And then we got a nice Yoda Halloween mask. So I was walking around as a ripped Yoda for some reason. I don't know how my mind came up with that, but I thought it was the funniest thing ever, and I still think it's pretty funny. So I was very proud of ripped Yoda. Uh, and then this year I was the, uh, the lion from wizard of Oz. And I looking back, I think I should have gone as the yellow brick road. That would have been even funnier. Let me ask you this. Uh, what's your favorite event in track and field? Oh, all right. Well, we're kind of cross country, right? Okay, fine. But well, you'll understand why I'm asking track. I all right, like all a right. very specific metric to go off of. 
I would say the longer the event, the better. And so, so marathon one the day? longest I get to do, marathon one day, that'll yeah, probably yeah. happen. Okay. But for now, it's two miles. So we'll, for now, we'll say it's two marathon. Miles. We'll say marathon. For the sake of this question, that's why I'm like getting very specific. What time would you have to run in the marathon one day? Um, or like what amount of marathons or marathon would you have to win to one day have future boys be Cam Todd for Halloween? Ooh. And do you think I Kipchoge think has gotten to that point? Do do I, I don't know. Do people? Oh, I'm sure Kipchoge has okay. gotten to that point. I'm sure one of these days, no context is going to have a <laughs> Halloween post of someone going as Kipchoge with a bald cap. There you go. And then definitely some nice vapor flies too. <laughs> it, 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 you need the vapor flies. Yep, yep, yep. That's an expensive Halloween fit, though. That you know the the Aerosmith. Buying those thing. for Halloween is yeah. a crazy idea, but. That's what no context is for. I'm sure someone will do it just to get on there. <laughs> so time in the marathon or two mile, either one. You said both. Ooh, time in the two mile to get one of my friends to dress up as me. No, probably anyone. a stranger in Indiana. Oh man, anyone. I think it would. I think you have to have a national record for someone to go as you. Otherwise, it's to find someone else to go as. Okay, yeah. valid. I also don't see people dressing up as Ryan Hall though. So I, f- I feel like you'd have to do a little bit more. But maybe it's because Ryan Hall's just old and like new kids don't remember him. Yeah, I can't say I do myself, so I think. <laughs> Ryan, uh, if you're yeah. listening, apologies. Uh, no, it, it is it, greatest apologies. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning by the day. I promise. Yeah, how much of the sport are you a fan of? Like, do you try to follow it closely, or is it mostly just like head down, focusing on yourself? No, I'm. I become like a. Every day, like I said, I'm learning more. So it used to just be, oh, I'll watch a total running productions video here and there, and then I've got my friend on the team who knows everything, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll act like I know what's going on. But now I'm starting to pay more and more attention, like watching races, like seeing if I can, asking a teacher if I could keep a race up in the corner. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm getting a lot better knowing the current guys, but I will say I'm not too first with my history quite yet, even though I know I should be. But I'm getting there day by day. Is it cool, speaking of history, we can talk about this, maybe even speak on this, you know, committing to run for the University of Notre Dame, you know, Yardnagoose, who I'm sure you know, or just like you go down the long list of people who have gone on to do amazing things that went to Notre Dame. Is that kind of a, a cool history to lesson to be it like, does, I could be a part of that one day? It does feel very historic. I mean, it is. That's why. So just being a little part of it is going to be really cool. I mean, on the visit, you slap the uh, sign that they have in the football stadium. You, like, play like, you play like a champion today. And that that's just one of those things that feels very special. And so I think there's just going to be a lot of magic while I'm there. And I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of Notre Dame, uh, we're all over the place, but I freaking love it. Okay, Sam Hartman. <laughs> Uh, is he overhyped or no? People love him. People love the guy. How can you not? We all know he's the main character. It's Sam's world. We're just living in it. And there's been a few. There's been a disappointing game this year versus Louisville. But other than that, how can you not love him? Yeah, how can you not love him? So I know the ladies do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. My TikTok feed is blown up with uh, either like people obsessing over the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift drama or Sam Hartman like pushing his hair back and it's like guys come on it's so funny i read all the comments and it's like i miss the lebron posts (laughs) (laughs) too good too good so you're from the state of indiana uh let's talk about notre dame in relation to it be honest with me here was that your favorite indiana school growing up was it butler was it indiana notre dame no not at all actually so both my parents went to indiana state go sycamores which is in the town of Terre Haute, which is actually where the laverne gibson course is and so it's funny that I get to go there all the time. But no, because they went to Indiana State, which 
besides Larry Bird, doesn't have much uh, athletics history. And so I just wasn't like a college sports fan growing up because neither of my parents were. And so as much as uh, this is not supposed to be this way, like I would cheer on IU and Purdue, I, which it doesn't mix. And I never really even thought of Notre Dame as like an Indiana school, even though I know it is. Like I'd seen Rudy, but I hadn't really thought about it very much at all. And it, I did not go there just because it's the closest school. It just happened to be. And I'm glad it worked out like that anyway. So now I get to see my family all the time. It's just kind of like a great bonus. Let's go back in time to young Cam. Take me through his start in the sport of running. All right. So, uh, once upon a time, first 5k I ever did was probably, it's probably around 10 years old, plus or minus like a year or so. And so one of my like best friends growing up, uh, he's had cancer three times and he, uh, and he, he's like, he's still around with us, thankfully. But, uh, he, um, he's done a lot of work creating the Kizone charity events or foundations itself. And so he used to have this event called the Aiden Brown 5k. And so those were the first 5k's I ever did before I did 3k or 2k or whatever people do. Hokum Karam. I don't know. I was doing like a, a 5k for, uh, one of my friend's charity events. So that was a great way to get introduced to it. Um, and, to, um, first thing I ever raced was to help support a friend. So that was pretty cool. And then, um, my middle school social studies teacher convinced me to join track. And then I was so hooked. I was so hooked. I just, what I like, I would play basketball and uh, soccer at the time. And then like every year from then on, I was just dropping a sport, dropping a season of it. So I could focus more on running because it's what I loved. And it's also what I was a little better at. So just, that was kind of the natural progression of it. But I started in middle school, kind of like most people, I think. Was there a turning point for you where you went from participating in the sport to realizing like, hey, I'm, I could low-key be that guy one day? <laughs> well, I mean, I was pretty good. For <laughs> I, I'm not trying to t- uh, toot my own horn, but I think I raced a little harder than a lot of the other fifth graders at the time. Like, uh, Maybe I might not have had the greatest time, but the story my parents tell people still all the time because they love me, is that in one of my first races, I puked mid-race and then kept finishing. And my parents could not believe that I did that. And I think that was just a sign that I was going to try to do whatever it takes to (laughs) be the best version of myself. And I think while my 2400 that day probably wasn't very fast, it probably was telling that I don't like losing, I guess. I don't know. that I, I just like to race. So that's early on, I guess I didn't like losing. And <laughs> even if I wasn't quick, I guess that's the moral of it. I'm curious for you, uh, in the state of Indiana, in the state of Ohio, you would always overhear the parents or the kids snitching on their parents that the parents would always offer. They basically bet their kids like, hey, if you finish – this place, or even if you finish the race, I will buy you this video game that you've been wanting or take you out to this place that you've been wanting to go. Was that the same thing for parents in Indiana? And did you ever try to pull a quick one on your parents with it? It's always the video games, isn't it? Well, okay, I didn't pull a quick one. I think this was a very fair trade. So I wanted to... Uh, Justifying behavior here. I wanted, It wasn't just a video game, though. I went pretty big. <laughs> so I went... Uh, like, I got... Like I, I got a gaming PC, which 
I, I used to love video games. It was it meant a lot to me. Well, anywho, so I set like a I set I I made a whole sales pitch to my parents, like organized, <laughs> planned. I ran the numbers, had all this Notre Dame students beat out. right there. Yeah, it really was. And so, uh, business business student and uh, Mendoza. I, I I made them an offer. Like, I was like, okay, we could split it fifty fifty. It's also my only birthday gift. I have to win state, run sub ten for three k, which I know isn't fast now, but at the time I was like, that's crazy. And then. I think did I say I had to make the grades for it too? No. I thought, so I had like I had to do all A's, the sub ten, win the state, and it's my birthday gift, and I paid for half of it. So I think that was oh, that's, uh, that's a fair trade. It could have been it could have been worse, but it made me very happy at the time. I was very proud of it, and then like getting to build it up with my dad was pretty cool too. Outside of uh, running and video games, uh, what was Young Cam <laughs> interested in, and have those interests transferred to uh, senior year of high school, Cam? Young interests. Uh, I was the biggest basketball fan in the world, strictly NBA. Uh, biggest Pacers fan, like Paul George, PG thirteen, and Paul, and when he was number twenty four, that used to be my whole life. <laughs> so, I used to, we used to get this like ten game package to go to Pacers games, and so greater story of it. I was a very shy young kid, but when I went to these Pacers games, I was a different person, <laughs> and so I would wear this big yellow spiked mohawk wear the shirt matching shorts wear like I, they don't call them leggings in basketball i forget what they're actually called but the uh, like the leg sleeves the socks and i would wear all these blue and gold chains and then i attached a pacers license plate to two of the uh, the beat like the beaded chains and then i would just go bananas the whole game and then me and boomer were basically best friends in the mascot because i felt I mean, who knows? He maybe didn't recognize me, but I'm convinced he knew who I was because I was – I mean, I definitely stood out, I think. So that was definitely a big part of me, just the Pacers, anything basketball at the time. And then what else was big to me? Uh, I did love some Star Wars when I was younger. I liked – my dad and I used to have a lot of lightsaber battles back in the day. Uh, I think everyone should, though. It's part of growing up. Wholesome. Um, and then – and who am I? Like I, I can't really think of. Uh, what about present? Day? What else is super special? You still present go to day. Pacer, Pacer games and go crazy. So the so for this birthday, I got a little five game package. I'm busier now. Can't make it to all ten. So a little five game package, and this is kind of me trying to get back into basketball, which is something I loved so much when I was younger. And I've as I've gotten busier, just kind of fallen out with it over the years. And so it's what I asked for for my birthday this year. So. And I got two tickets for those five games. So I'll go with my mom here, my dad here, and maybe a friend with another game. So I'm really looking forward to that now. So reintroducing that into my life. And then uh, some other things. What have I been working on recently? What What's made up? A lot of running. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of running. running. Yeah, a lot of running, a lot of school. That's kind of, that's, that's the first semester senior year life. That's kind of how it goes. So. I wish I had more to say. No, no, I don't, no that's full. I, Dude, I'm, I, have I'm, lot, I'm I love my boring. phones, but I... Yeah, but, way more boring, I would say. Not less. Oh, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> it's like podcast, running, family, reading occasionally. Make so, a post. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm curious about Pacers. Uh, would you ever race in a Pacers jersey? Wow, that is a great idea. So I might need to pull that out at NXR this year. That would be cool. That could... That'd be a that'd be a statement piece for sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's right, it can mend it, and hopefully I wouldn't chafe. But I think 
there's there's been worse ideas before, but I I don't really even have any right now because the last jersey I had was Paul George and he left us straight up. If you're willing to do it, I will pay for you to get a jersey. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, that podcast. changes things. All right, uh, if you buy me one, I will race it in. I promise. Okay, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> We're having too much fun. I, I think Tyrese Halliburton would have to be the guy because he just signed his extension, so he'll be around for a little while. Okay. Fingers crossed. Okay, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Let's let's speak of like let's give some context to the listener who doesn't know who you are of kind of how you got to where you are today. So so give some context to your progression in high school all the way up to senior year. All right. So um, freshman year cross country, I uh, just kind of. I know people do have better freshman years than this, but I remember I just PR'd every single race. And then one race I PR'd way more, and I dipped. Like, my first time under 16 was 1540, and it was a real course, in case anyone thinks it wasn't. It is a real 5K, <laughs> and it's on grass. But uh, I remember from that, I was like, wow, I'm kind of. I'm racing against people three years older than me and beating them at the line. So. I just kind of was very focused my freshman year, and I don't think I even realized at the time how focused I was until about now when it's like, I think I'm only now, my senior year, kind of putting an effort and focus and care into running that I was my freshman year. I don't know what it was, but at that time, I just, I was very focused, and I would stretch for like 15 minutes before bed every night, and I was doing all the little things right. And then once I kind of had a big gap on like the rest of my class for in Indiana, at least that's all I knew at the time. Uh, I kind of, I think stopped doing those little things cause I thought I was fine, you know? And over time, I think it, uh, maybe directly or indirectly led to me being injured. And so after my, at the very end of like freshman track, which was okay, not as impressive as cross. I, uh, I had a stress reaction in my right shin, and so I was put in a boot for, like, maybe four months, like, missed all of summer training, missed the entire cross-country season up to, uh, all the way up to uh, when the postseason starts in Indiana, so that's, uh, like, October here, and so, and I was doing indoor biking workouts on a less than great indoor <laughs> uh, bike at my school that doesn't tell you very much, and and it was hot, and there was no fan, and we're not allowed to take our shirts off, and it was just a miserable experience. And so from then on, I kind of – I was like, hey, I'm never going to – I mean, I'm sure injuries happen. It's part of the sport, but I'm going to do everything I can to be more uh, preventative than reactive going down the line. And so that was a big change in just, like, my attitude. So a lot of, I'm a lot better at doing the stuff that doesn't show up, like whether it be a hip routine or a glute routine, just – preventative measures and so uh, uh those mattered a lot more to me from then on and then uh and then i just finished sophomore year uh, sophomore year out nothing special got a race I, I wasn't happy with where i was that's when i first wasn't really happy with where i was uh injury it happens i wasn't like upset with myself for it but sophomore year just kind of losing my edge a little bit falling behind just wasn't very proud of myself anymore and so Junior, going into junior summer, I just picked it up, ran a bunch, and really trained hard on the hills and the long runs in the summer, and then went into cross and continued racing as hard as I could and remembering, like, 
my former self in my middle school and high school days and just thinking about the attitude and that space I was in and just tried to replicate it for my junior year. And then uh, raced pretty well, lost to Cole Matisse in a lot of races. I mean, he lives like 10 minutes away. You don't understand how many times I've lost to him. I mean that in the best way because I, I, I like Cole. So <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like breaking me down, but I just got a lot of second places. And then I was able to have the best race of my life to that point uh, at the Foot Locker Regional. Like, I was not really supposed to make it at all. And then I got fourth. I mean, my friends thought the results were bugged because <laughs> I was, I mean, I beat Sibby on Vermont. I mean, I don't worry. I know I'm not comparing myself to him at, by any means, but I beat Sibby on. And, <laughs> and my friends could not believe that was happening. Uh, and anyway, and then I was able to just, Continue being myself at Foot Locker, or I Champ Sports. My bad. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> at, just call it uh, Foot Locker. <laughs> and anyway, I just was very because I had already like overexceeded my expectations to that point, and so by the time I got there, I just wasn't very stressed. Just just went out and had fun while I was there, and ended up placing as like the highest junior, and it just kind of. I know I prob- this isn't probably giving myself enough credit, but it just kind of fell into my lap a little bit. And then from there, just began getting recruited and going into track season. I just had to not screw up. That was basically my message. I was like, I don't need to break any records. I'm already, at least recruiting-wise, I'm like, I'm already have enough of a platform to get recruited off of. Just got to not screw up. And I didn't screw up in track. Like I said, nothing spectacular, but just kind of took care of business to without taking any big risks. Okay. And Freaking man. Okay, I love this conversation. You you covered so many good <laughs> things there. I want to I wanna pick apart a few things. First thing, first matter of business to take care of. Let's talk about the little things. Can you talk to that for the listener, speak to the listener of how they made a difference within your own running career? You talked about it. Freshman year and now getting back into some of that stuff. Senior year, it's clearly showing in the results. Maybe speak to the listener about the little things, why it's important for you. Yeah, so it's funny. So for the hip routine specifically, when it, it hurts to do hips. If you've ever done them, you know. And I, I've told a few different people this. I was like, man, I wish I had to like do a bicep routine or something that it looked cool. So I'd get some massive arms. But I was like, no one notices how strong my hips are and <laughs> keeping me safe. <laughs> so that's kind of a funny part about the idea of that. It doesn't. No one really knows exactly what you're up to, but you're just kind of taking care of it. So that's like my way of kind of explaining the significance of it, I guess. But, uh, or some people say like running is in the shit or it's like a sport in the, sh- the trainings in the shadows or something like that, where it's like people aren't there for every run. They just might see the race where you happen to win. But that's, I know that's not answering your question anyway. So the, for the question itself, it's just, I think the little things are so significant because they help you no matter what every day, you're going to get a little bit better from it because if you're not doing all the little things and you have to like, say you're injured something's flaring up then you have to take a week off you're not getting better during the week and so if even if like i i don't run every sunday like i take every third sunday off but i'm on that sunday i'll do other kinds of like exercises i suppose and so is even if it not every day is going to be a crazy workout it doesn't have to be because you just need to be doing a little bit so that you're not regressing because regressing is the worst feeling in any part of life and so why let it happen in running and i try not to let it happen there 
Second matter business, uh, beating Simeon Birnbaum. Uh, <laughs> you're one and one against him because I think he plays fourth at Foot Locker. Right? He did, he did. I am one and one. I haven't been fast enough to get into a race with him since. <laughs> hey, in college, in college. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, well, yeah, Simeon, well, he'll be Big Ten. He'll be in Big Ten next year. I know. Another conversation so, but, for another time. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Don't understand it. Well, speaking yeah. of Simeon and Cole Matisse, and we can more specifically speak to Cole. Um, how do you think racing guys like that, but specifically growing up around Cole and just the state of Indiana, having a bunch of good guys, how do you think that's kind of prepped you for this last dance in high school that you've kind of been strengthened by people who have made it, who have done it, who have literally won Foot Locker, and now they're kind of passing on the torch to you and you're passing on the torch to, you know, the Cam 2026 version that I'll probably talk to. <laughs> so Cole, what I'll say about Cole is he is about, and I'm sure you know, it's like, he is the perfect role model, you know. He is sets such a great example and such a great precedent on how to, like, just how to treat people, how to race, how to be yourself, how to how, how to be an athlete in this sport. And like, obviously, we're different people. Um, but I think I don't know how you could race him that often and not learn from him and want to be still yourself, but take away the best parts of him and try to pull it into your own life. And I try to do that with all the people. Like I've heard you say the, uh, you're a collective of, you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes, sir. (laughs) And, uh, and well, I don't, Cole is not one of the people I've spent the most, the five, five people you spend the the, most time with. Exactly. He's not one of those people, but the, the most important parts of my life, he's actually there for a lot of it. And so I've been able to just kind of, pull away what I have grown to love about what he does and just try to apply in my own life. And so I guess some of the the specifics of that would maybe be like uh, definitely sportsmanship. Uh, I know that's kind of like a cliche, but I mean, Cole if you would know always Cole, talk. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. He would always make me feel great about like my race, whatever it might be. And he, it, tech, I know we're competitors, and but it didn't, feel like we were really competing because he a because he beat me so badly but b because uh it felt like he was still rooting for me to do well and so now i try to do that like for other people and so like there's some younger guys here in indiana that have had great seasons and i've tried to just like even if it's the little things just get to know them make them feel noticed make them feel appreciated and that's something that, yeah like i said I, that's just something that i've been working on this year because I know I'm not the role model Cole Matisson is or have the platform, but in my own ways, I've just tried to uh, be there for someone, even if they don't need me, you know? Speaking on Cole some more, uh, two Indiana legends, Cole Hawker and Cole Matisson, both won Foot Locker. We'll get into Foot Locker in a bit, but, <laughs> but, but I like that stat for a guy named Cam Todd. What are your thoughts on it? Oh man, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. It would be. I'm. Well, I just feel like Indiana doesn't get enough running love in the in the niche world we're in. So if I could somehow take it just a little bit further as one of like the big ba- like the big running states, even though we're not such a big state itself, I do think there's just so much quality competition here, and I think. Maybe just maybe we just need one more individual champ to like sp- uh, give it a little more spotlight. Uh, fun, that's that's yeah. a down the line. Yeah, a fun fact I'm thinking of Cole, his junior year, wasn't he the top returner and then he won and now you're the top returner? He is. So he got fifth, but I ran faster than him. So it's 
<laughs> no, it's it's up for debate. <laughs> and so actually the cool part is, so there's this guy named uh, Footsum. <laughs> and I think Footsum's supposed to, I've talked, spoken to him, and I think he's supposed to be the representative for the Midwest or the coach, Ooh. I guess. Uh, I don't know if you just, I don't know if I'm not supposed to say that. Maybe, I, I, hopefully no one gets on me about that, but <laughs> I don't think they will. No, um, but, uh, And that's an Indiana guy right there um, who went on to do great things at NIU, and he's, st- he's still racing uh, for Hoka. And so he has every course record around um, Does he have Indiana. Not anymore because Connor Burns. Well, and f- so, so actually, so he had the course record at Laverne, and then NXR put four people in oh, front of it. That was a crazy race. Maybe five, even though which was crazy because they've been racing there for so many years, and then there's the one race because I I would have it, but the one NXR race, it's such it's a heartbreak. But uh, I guess. I guess there's a one more chance to go to beat Hunter Jones is fourteen twenty one. I cannot get over that. It's so crazy. So someone who can appreciate that course and know that the hills don't show on TV, man, I cannot believe that was a monumental time. Especially I mean, there was snow I, on the ground. It, it made yeah. no sense they ran as fast as they did. Yeah. So I I was there that morning and then I, I didn't race it because I knew I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to beat a sub four miler to make it. That's not happening. So I strategically pulled myself from that race. And, uh, but I, I remember watching it when I like checking the results when I got home. Cause I, I drove a friend up in the morning for an open race and then I, and then I drove home because I, cause they delayed it because the traffic was so bad cause the snow that people couldn't get in. And so I just, I left cause I wasn't going to deal with all that. And then I see the results 1421 on Laverne. <laughs> oh man. That shattered everything I thought I knew. <laughs> Speaking of your experience at Foot Locker last year, a few questions in regards to it. Number one, can you add some more context to the funny story you shared where your friends thought it was a bug, the elation of making it and realizing that you were going to San Diego, and then the experience at the meet itself, placing as well as you did, the full experience, how they treat the athletes, and uh, also maybe to that, if you remember all three questions, Balboa Park, is it overhyped or is it actually as hard as it looks? Okay, so question one is what was it just like so so my friends didn't think i made it because there was no way right there's no way i got fourth i know that's not the most historic time but they didn't think i mean it was a big race for me personally and so i just i was over the moon i could not have been a more happy cameron todd i just i was like wow it all paid off i suppose and i remember my parents were willing to celebrate however I could and you'll never believe how I celebrated um, so I had another friend racing there too and on the way home uh, right outside of Chicago out of any restaurant we could have gone into Chicago had a nice steak dinner whatever it may be no 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 rainforest <laughs> cafe that's where I wanted to go to celebrate and so we were able to stop at a rainforest cafe and we spent quite time with the some of the closest people around me and that and just having them all there because my sister lives in New York because she's a student and she was able to fly home for the weekend. So having her for that was pretty special because I don't really get to spend so much time with her anymore. And the fact that she was there for at the, that point in time, the best thing I'd ever accomplished in my life was really cool to me. And then once I was in uh, in San Diego, I just could not believe how great of care they were taking care of us. I was like, are you kidding me? I ran a race and now I get to spend a weekend in California. 
California, <laughs> and I get a, I get a, I get interviewed once I get off the airport, and I get to spend time with a bunch of like high schoolers at this nice hotel and this great weather, and so I just soaked it all up. I just had fun while I was there. I met people. I got to talk to some of the coaches and some of like the professional athletes they brought in, which is really special. Just seeing someone living out your dreams is pretty cool to hear what they have to say and what they would recommend and what they wouldn't. And so for the course itself, though, that hill, woo, it is not a hill. It's a mountain. I swear you get out of breath walking up it. It <laughs> is the real deal. And um, But I will say this. The hardest part about it is the downhill. I like Looking back at my own race, Cole gave me his uh, special spot to go train at. I wasn't prepared to go downhill that fast. I mean, it is terrifying because the going up the hill, you turn uh, like as you go up it a little bit. Like uh, almost if you if you're biking up a steep hill, you kind of turn left and right, so it's easier to climb. And so as we were running up it, you just it's not as it's not so directly up. And then when you go down, it's all downhill all at once, right along that sidewalk, and you can see all the guys over the years, and they're flailing their <laughs> arms, and you have to. I mean, it's because You've never raced, I mean, I'm sure someone has, but personally, I have never raced anything like that, and I don't think I made the most of it on the downhill. I think I was slowing myself down too much, and that's an advantage of being able to, having raced there one time before, is to know what to do going into it, because obviously everyone's like, all right, last few weeks, I need to train for hills. There's a big hill that you go up twice, right? But I can't believe I'm saying this. You need to train for the downhill, as scary as it is. So how many downhill workouts or strides have you done thus far this year? Or is that a Zero. Secret? So I think it's time to start. I <laughs> think it would definitely be a great time to start. I can't believe I'm saying that. I need to train the downhill. Like, that's not something you would normally say because it's like, obviously, you're going to go fast in the downhill. But no, I mean, after watching Cole Matisson last year, I think he made the most of the downhill. And that's something I want to try to apply to my own, my own game this year, if you will. So let's talk this season thus far. Can you give the people a little uh, insider look at Cameron Todd's season thus far, specifically perfect timing after the state meet? Yes, right after the state meet. So uh, looking forward to the season. There, uh, on the Indiana level, there's a few big races. So it's one's called like the Flash Rock Invitational. One's called the uh, Brown County Eagle Classic. One's called Nike Twilight, which you – you might have seen me on runner space or something like that. And then uh, and then there's the postseason is just it's sectionals, regionals, state. And sectionals isn't really a big race. Um, and I don't consider regionals a big race either because just survive in advance. And so, so it's the state meet and then those other races. And so the reason I consider those all big races is because I'm racing – someone that is a serious competitor and so there's a few guys in indiana who some of the listeners might know as like tony provenzano will conway and sam quagliori and they've all given me problems over the years uh and so i raced will at uh the brown county race that was, that was my very first test of the year and uh i I've I've learned a lot about strategic racing, I think, this year. Or maybe not learned a lot, but applied it more than I had in the past because it's more of a – it's almost like one-on-one -on -one duels with a lot of these guys in these different races. And so in that race, what I did is – so we're running together for like 3, 4K, and 
there's a lot of tight turns in the woods before the finish shoot. And in those woods, what I would do is accelerate right after the turn when he, for the split moment he can't see me and make just a little bit of gap. So and then there's a little more spread. And then the next turn, do it again. And then there's slowly a little bit over. I just keep opening up on him a little bit each turn when there's no when he can't really respond because it's already happened and he can't see it. And then so by the time we had got to the finish shoot, he had a lot of catching up to do, and that was and and it he didn't catch up, I suppose. <laughs> and then uh, and then the next big race, I just I was feeling a little under the weather that day, and so that was kind of a almost like I know people say sitting. Sit and kick typically in track, but I just I sat and kicked in that race. I did not I did not do any of the work really leading it at all. Uh, so one uh, racing Tony, I was very happy with myself that day. But I was also Tony is my guy as well. He he goes to Cole Matisse in school, and so it's just a fun racing him like every day. Is he's such a great competitor and just such a kind person. So getting to race him is always fun, especially beating him. <laughs> um, and then after that, I think the next big race is the Twilight event. Uh, in that race, I knew I love Foot Locker, but I also very much love uh, the Nike Twilight race. It is a special event. Getting to race under the lights like that, it feels like the Super Bowl of running, but in the regular season, I suppose. I know it doesn't really ha- hold, hold that much weight, and it's just a fun night. It's a fun night to be a kid in high school racing other people, and and there's something special in the air. And so that was a great opportunity to see some uh, – midwest competition and actually i think there's more than just the midwest i don't know if they came i think they came back this year but uh like the team jesuit i think from louisiana oh, oh there's a jesuit in california too <laughs> okay well i think the jesuit from louisiana like the they're a great team and i think they came like the girl who won was from new york uh so there's lots of competition from all over the place and so that was a great opportunity to race a lot of people that i'll probably see later down the season and to win on what I would call my own ho- my own course at such a big meet was a pretty special feeling. I was I was thrilled after that. If you you could hear me like screaming across the line, just to, I, I don't know if that's a typical celebration or not, just a celebratory scream, and that's kind of what I did to cross the line. Big PR, school record. I was very happy with myself after that night. It was it was just a fun evening. Had a lot of friends there. The atmosphere is just special. I mean, the, people line up the entire course. They blow these loud horns. They make you feel like you're at war. It's just a great, it's a great night. And then from there, really dialed back in the racing until the state meet. And then the state meet raced very strategically once again. Uh, like I know a 250K sounds pretty fast uh, to open up at the state meet, but it's all downhill really the first K. And so like the leader was 243. So I'm already seven seconds behind and I let them kind of go out on their own. And then slowly throughout the race, I picked them off and picked them off until I was able to like reach 4K and connect with the top group. And then once I connected with them, I just immediately blew past. And then uh, because it was such an important meet to me, I didn't look back once and I just raced as hard as I could to that finish line. Because I, I won by a decent margin, so eight seconds, but there could have been someone right behind me. I had no clue. I just raced as hard as I could. I just, I wanted to win for my parents, for my family, my school, all my friends who like came there to support me, and then myself too. So it was a great night. That was that was this most recent Saturday too. So pretty happy with how it's all been going so far. 
I love it, man. I love the breakdown, love the recap, love the inside look at it all and inside the the hopefully, I mean, it's been historic thus far, but hopefully more historic to come Cameron Todd season. A question I have regarding the state meet, I'm curious, most high school kids lack patience in all aspects of life but specifically racing like kids are just stupid with how fast they go out no disrespect no disrespect (laughs) to the people listening but like y'all know that you're stupid and you go out too fast where do you find the patience when you want to win the state meet to go back seven seconds like are you worried was, in your mind? I was way back there. Like, are you I mean, worried so, in your mind when it when it's going through? Like, oh, maybe I should have went out with them. So you're not the first person to ask me that. And I think it's very important to understand that this applies to a lot of events. But specifically for cross, it is not a 1K race. You just I keep telling myself that. It is not a 1K race. And so my, all my friends who don't really know cross country but came there to be kind and supportive, they uh, they were so confused. Like, <laughs> what? I thought he was a favorite here i thought he was gonna win and and then they, they were terrified for me is what they told me which is hilarious but um i just think you really have to trust yourself to be able to drop that far back because uh, it's just it's very it's a lot more common you're right in track it just the sit and kick which is not really a, a, quite as much of a thing in cross country a lot of competitors just go right to the front especially even at the college level like i was watching the ACC race the other day, and Parker Wolf went right to the front in his race. I was like, wow, that's impressive. I did not do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, you just have to really be able to trust yourself and remember that it is a much longer race and that people – they're I mean, respect to them. So, like, we, we call it stupid racing, but it's I, I almost would say it's, like, passionate racing mm, because most yeah. of those guys, they're racing for their team and for themselves, and they want to – be the best version of themselves and they kind of do get caught up a little bit in that and that's like where the stupidity comes from but they really just they want to make the most of the event and that starts when the gun goes off and that's why they end up going out so fast the first k and i just need to acknowledge that and just understand that that's kind of where they're at and i kind of have a different mind of how the race is gonna go and that's just that's my two cents about it if I'm going back in the conversation, talking about Foot Locker, as we close out today's conversation, um, the plan is, if I'm not mistaken, NXR, then Foot Locker, then NXN, or Foot Locker Regionals, NXN, and then Foot Locker Nationals. Because this series is directed towards Foot Locker Nationals, just speaking on Foot Locker Nationals, coming back as the returning uh, target, top returner, uh, what are your thoughts on the meet? And specifically, as this is the last race, so NXN also a national meet, but this is like the national meet to end all national meets. What are your thoughts, feelings, emotions, a little over a month removed from it? Um, how excited are you? What are you, what are you looking to do, man? I cannot wait to get there. Everything in between, in the meantime, just feels like the world is on pause. It's like, how do I whole day to skip this cutscene. it's what can i do to get there already because i just can't wait to spend more time there and this year i'm going to be able to um make even more of the experience because like i mentioned with you previously that like a, a lot of the time there was spent trying to make yourself recruitable and introducing yourself to all the coaches and so this year i'm excited to uh explore the beach i'm excited to explore the town Hang with your boy yeah, exactly. Hang with Dom, Dom the dog, <laughs> and uh, and just and make some friends. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, not getting so worried about how I'm going to do in the race because I'm obviously, of course, going to do my absolute best to uh, bring it home for the Midwest. But I'm just excited to spend such a quality weekend with uh, such great people and such great support. And 
I just know it's going to be something I'll never forget, and I can't wait to get there. And even if the race doesn't go well, I know that it's just a special weekend, and it's a special place to be, and it can never be replicated. Cam, one final serious question for you. What would be the final takeaway message you want to leave with our audience today? It's hmm. a great question. It's a great question. Um, I, I guess recently, personally, I've been uh, very big on just people. This is kind of associated with like mindfulness, but just like being in the moment and appreciating it while you're there. It's the... Uh, it's the the quote from the office is the quote from the office. It's where they say, uh, "I wish you could know you're in the good times before they're over." It's something like that. Uh, maybe apply that to your own your own sport in high school and uh, appreciate that even the runs where it's really cold or really hot, but you're just happy to be there with your own team and uh, be around people that like you believe in and they believe in you. And so that's what I've been doing this year. And because I personally, I had a big change in uh, like my high school team because I lost a lot of close friends or to graduating. They're fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just appreciate uh, all the small stuff. That's what I'm, that's what I've been trying to do. And I hope everyone can uh, manage to do that in their own lives. Okay, Cam, it seems like you've listened to the podcast a concerning amount. Do you remember the final question? Oh, wait, is it a pre, is it a pre-race meal? It's uh, it's if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over to your house for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? Okay, I knew it was food related because I'm. Okay, that's not important. So if I had Gordon Ramsay come over, what would I? Man, I've watched a lot of Gordon Ramsay over the years. I used to watch his show with my dad like weekly. So if I had, uh, if so, is he cooking or are we cooking? You're you're cooking for him. Okay, we're cooking eggs, and I know that might seem silly. But my dad uh, watched the Gordon Ramsay tutorial on how to make eggs and how to like take them on and off the stove. So I think if we're going to need to impress him and we don't want to get badgered by him, I think that's the best <laughs> approach is to keep it simple, follow his recommendation, and make some very fluffy eggs. He likes them fluffy. Kim, I greatly appreciate the conversation. I'm beyond excited to uh, see Rip It on Belboa Park on December 9th. You're welcome on any time. Like, I, I'm <laughs> yes, on with you every day, man. You're, you're nice. <laughs> Thank you so it. much, Tom. I could not appreciate it enough. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I don't take your time for granted, so I hope that it brought you some wisdom and value that you can apply directly into your running and into your life. If you have not already done so, please consider giving us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And then something all of you guys can do is share today's episode or the podcast in general with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it. One more note, if you're not already following us on Instagram, consider doing so. My Instagram tag is at the running effect. I hope your running and life is going well. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to today's episode. I will catch you in two days when the next episode drops. Until then, happy running.